This podcast is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. To support, you can head to twoheadednerd.com and click the Donate Now button, or become a patron over at patreon.com backslash twoheadednerd, and you can check out a preview of a new show I'm doing with occasional guest host Dave DeMarco, Tunes That Time Forgot, where we do a deep dive in some of the worst cartoons that time forgot. Oh, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly devil. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area. Welcome to THN Cover to Cover. It's not our show. It's your show. And we do it every Saturday. Today being Saturday, December 19th, the last Saturday of 2020. We're almost out of this shit. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to feel different. So <laughs> we're not. We're My not. name is Matt Baum. Sitting across from me, I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. There he is. All right. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning, from henceforth, we meet at 11 a.m. Central uh, Central Standard Time. Matt and I will go live on the Facebook page and the Zoom. We might talk about the news. We might talk about some stuff we watched on TV or a movie we saw. We might talk about video games. We might just talk about whatever's on your mind. Yeah. Nerd stuff, folks. That's what we're doing. None of this, none of this half-hour preamble bullshit anymore. We jump straight to the action. We absolutely do, and we didn't tell anyone. So maybe they showed up at ten thirty and went, "Oh, I guess they're not doing it this week because they're not jumping into our Zoom right now." (laughs) Frank Cirillo's here. I saw him like the video. So did he? Get in here, Frank. Come on, man. Uh, He might not. He might not be like online online but he definitely saw the video okay regardless you can call us at 402-819-4894 or you can click our facebook call now button or just chat with us in facebook live if you want to get in on the action if you can't be here live that's cool too you can leave a message at that phone number or you can send an mp3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com or just you know tweet at us live and while we're doing this i don't care any way you want it's fine but before we open these phone lines joey we need to reset our question of the week and let's give these kids some themes and some bullet points on the news to talk about this week yes all right this week's question was brought to us by trevor uh trevor via the thn forums asks i recently rewatched the Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer horror movie, What Lies Beneath, and was surprised to see the writing credit for Clark Gregg, as in Phil Coulson, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Have you ever seen a creator credit in an unlikely place that took you totally by surprise? That's a that's quite the writing credit for Phil Coulson, too, you know? <laughs> I'm not gonna he's say- written a lot. He's done a lot. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm like, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm not gonna say it's a great movie. And it's just surprising that one, he wrote movies, and two, he wrote that one. That's all I'm saying. So, it's an interesting. I one. mean, if you're gonna write a movie, it might as well be one with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. I am I guess right? so. Yeah, not a not a great one though. It wasn't as scary as it wanted to be. I don't think. All kinds of stuff in the news this week. The Mandalorian exploded in its final finale last night. It was absolutely insane. We finally got the answer to which Jedi is going to show up to take Grogu away. And Casey looked at me afterwards and went, great. They just took the most popular character off the show. Well, done with this shit. And I was like, I think you may have missed something here, sweetie. I don't know. 
<laughs> I was crying. You know, I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I, I, I somehow think we we have not seen the uh, end of Grogu. No. No, absolutely not. I mean, without question, no. Also, this is how season finales work. Right, of course. I mean, they're <laughs> shaking everything up, and I get it. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, rumored to take over the Justice League. I would love uh, to talk about Not rumored, that. a fish. Oh, it's official now. It, w- it went from being a tease on his Instagram to being confirmed by the DC solicits the very next day. So. Okay. I think great, typically they'll great let him job, have that. Great job being real vague there, Bendis. <laughs> We've also got Phil Hester coming to take over Superman with Joe's boy, Philip Kennedy Johnson. And I'd love to hear uh, what you guys think of that. I've decided you're best friends. I think you need yeah. to make up with. Wait a minute. Is it Phil and Phil on Superman? Is that what they're doing? The two Phil's. No kidding. Two Phil's. I just put that together. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Phil Hester made a joke about them being related on Twitter. We've got Wonder Woman playing real quick here this week coming to your television or one week from today or you can brave the uh, theaters with the covid zombies and have a nice time coughing all over each other they're going to do it in both places are you excited we talked to uh occasional guest host dave demarco who already thinks it's too long it's too long two and a half hours were you kidding me (laughs) i was like jay if you haven't seen it yet man (laughs) i like i can't remember the last time a superhero movie was less than two hours and at least 15 minutes yeah and they're telling a pretty big story here you know i mean sure what else are we doing yeah you get to watch it at home what else are you doing for two and a half hours on christmas day hopefully you're not hanging with your family because you're gonna kill them (laughs) uh real quick clark greg has three writing credits in hollywood what lies beneath two thousand trust me 2013 and the screen adaptation of chuck palinuk's choke <laughs> 2008 did that happen was choke a movie choke did come out yes i don't even remember watching it huh and i really liked the book but it was man that book was gross it was really gross and unfortunately, uh, yeah, what, what's her name from Community was in it. Sam Rockwell, oh, no uh, Angelica Houston, uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community is I in never it. Never saw it. Chuck Palahniuk went on to pal around with some Proud Boys, I guess, which kind of sucks. And now he just rips off his own most popular book in comic book form over More and, or and less. over. So, yeah. So know. what can you do? Well, let's get into it, kids. We got Mr. Uh, JD Got a Catch was first one in. I think he was a little upset that he didn't make it first last week and he had to wait. But that's how it goes. You get beat. You get beat. I'm asking to unmute you, sir, so we can beat you on the Internet live in front of God, Superman, Yoda and everybody. JD, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Uh, So I had kind of a reverse answer to the question, which was uh, so. I was watching on Netflix. There was a, they, they did the holiday version of the movies that made us. Yeah. And I was watching the one about elf. Yeah. Where they filmed and, it in like an insane asylum, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it was just that, it was just that thing. Speaking of, you know, I just watched this finale of the Mandalorian this morning and it's like, do you remember that? Like when they made elf, John Favreau was just that guy from swingers. Yeah. Definitely. It's hard to think of a time when John Favreau wasn't the powerhouse director he is. Yeah. He had done swingers and made, and that was it. And nobody watched made. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody watched made. Uh, and then, um, yeah. And he was also what he was the angry linebacker in the replacements and Mm -hmm. you know, he had a handful of acting credits too. I mean, he was the, what the MMA boyfriend on friends. Yeah. But that, I don't think he'd (laughs) even been on friends at this point yet. He wasn't even there yet. 
Oh, really? No, yeah. I mean, Elf I was, was the early 2000s. Friends wasn't on the air that much past that. Uh, see, I didn't yeah. think he was on until way later, but maybe he was, yeah. No, Friends, if, yeah, I don't want to look that I'm not sure about that timeline. Time yeah, don't worry. About it. <laughs> but yeah, that was just kind of my thought on that. The only other surprising credit is uh, realizing that uh, the, the credit Tom Whedon on Golden Girls is Joss Whedon's dad. Really? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, yeah Joss Whedon's dad wrote Golden Girls. <laughs> no shit. That's crazy. <laughs> Weird. So writing but, about women runs in the family, I guess, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, I found this, I, I ran across this really cool uh, board game that I have kind of been lusting after for Christmas because uh, they announced uh, this in 2021. They're coming out with uh, four Marvel themed sets of it. Have you guys ever heard of Unmatched? No. By Restoration mm-hmm. Games? I don't know, no, nope. but I know Restoration Games. They're a pretty big player, right? Yeah, and and they do this in in conjunction with Mondo. So okay, that's why I know them because Mondo's been making yeah, yeah. some board and games. And so lately. the Unmatched system, it's a miniature miniatures dueling game featuring fighters of all kinds, from page to the screen and stuff of legends. Each hero has a unique deck of cards that fits their fighting style. You can mix and match fighters from any unmatched set, but remember, in the end, there can be only one winner. Okay. And right now, the sets are Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Jurassic Park, which is InGen versus Raptors. What? Bruce Lee. <laughs> really? Robin Hood versus Bigfoot. Battle of Legends Volume 1, which is... Okay, everything uh, has made sense up until Robin Hood versus Bigfoot. Where? Uh, oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, see, this one is Medusa, King Arthur, Alice, and, and Sinbad is the Battle of Legends. Okay. And the other and the one the other one I want outside of the Marvel ones is Cobble and Fog, which is Invisible Man, Jekyll and Hyde, Dracula, and Sherlock Holmes. This is these are quite the collections here. Yeah, um, and each one is a standalone game. But if you get more than one set, like you could you could theoretically have you know Dracula versus the Jurassic Park Raptors. Oh, because the rules carry over. The, the rules carry over and you can actually connect the boards together and all of the, yeah, you can, so like the Bruce Lee set is a one player set, but it's really meant to be basically, basically you can put Bruce Lee into any of these sets. So if you wanted to, Bruce Lee could fight fucking raptors from, yes. <laughs> oh man. And then, so they announced for next year, four new sets. So there's In. one called Redemption Row, which is Luke Cage, Ghost Rider and Moon Knight. Ooh. Hell's Kitchen, featuring Daredevil, Elektra, and Bullseye. That's fun. Teen Spirit, featuring Ms. Marvel, Squirrel Girl, and Cloak and Dagger. Huh. And I think they're treating Cloak and Dagger as one character. Oh, really? Yeah. Like they're going to be all sexy, like intertwined, like they always are so. on I covers and stuff. Like one or she's like coming cat, but, out of his and then, for, <laughs> and then the last one is for King and Country, which is featuring Black Widow, Black Panther, and Winter Soldier. Huh. Okay. So... I'm kind of wanting to see what Ghost Rider can do to Raptors. Yeah, I'd like to see. What, <laughs> I want to see what these game mechanics are like because, it, like a lot of fighting games that are mm-hmm. adapted for you know like comic books that become fighting games for video games, you have to do something so that Moon Knight could theoretically fight you know Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that game's yeah. not fun. <laughs> the thing I do like about these games, though, is that they are low players. You can play them anywhere between two and four players. That's cool. So, so That's you can do cool. two player, or you can get the Bruce Lee one and just play with yourself. Well, I do love playing <laughs> with myself. Don't need any help with that, am I right? Hey, <laughs> I don't need Bruce Lee to help me play with myself. Thank you. <laughs> I bet he could teach you a thing or two, though. I bet he certainly oh, could. Yeah. 
<laughs> We're going to keep moving here because I got some other peeps that want to get in here, but it's always good right, to talk well, to you, sir. All right, we'll talk to you uh, next week. All right, sounds good. All right, bye. Bye, buddy. Frank Cirillo, I'm asking to unmute you, and we need to talk about the friggin' Mandalorian, okay? And look, there's going to be spoilers. There's no way around it. Spoiler I'm sorry. Alert. We have to There's do no it. way around Spoiler. it. Yeah, we just alert. have to do it. So Spoiler. let's get into it. Actually, before we get started, there's a couple things I want to say. Okay. Um, was, oh, yeah, my, my answer to the question of the week is Sherry Lewis. Sherry Lewis, help me. Sherry Lewis. Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop. Oh, okay. He wrote a Star Trek episode called The Lights of Zatar. Sherry Lewis With, wrote a Star Trek episode? Yes, she did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? She was me? a fan, and she she decided she was going to write. Her husband was a, a writer in Hollywood, and she decided she wanted to write this episode. So You're she wrote the episode kidding. Lights of Zatar. I Which had, you know, no idea. It doesn't stand up as a great one, but it's it's okay. You know, it's concept wise, it's okay. Well, I mean, if they let her write it, I mean, it's Star Trek. It's yeah. a, you know, I yeah. mean, you got to write it, so it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah, right? even yeah. the worst Star Trek episodes um, were still pretty fun. So, of course, as soon as I start talking, the kids come back. <laughs> um, so stop. They, stop, they love okay? the attention. Not, <laughs> very rude. Hi. Very rude. I also want to mention. Uh, I'm sorry. Discovery. Oh, Discovery. Discovery. Okay. Oh, I was like, what? Discovery. <laughs> holy, holy fuck. I'm sorry. My head was in a different place at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So uh -huh. I watched it last night and I loved it. But part of me was like, what the hell is going on? Is this guy like a Q or something? Like what was okay, that? Uh, now I had He's a very not. similar, I had a similar reaction and I had to do some research. And? Um, this, uh, it is a direct, uh, it is a direct, um, it's connected directly to the it, yeah, yes, forever sitting on the edge of forever. The Harlan Ellison episode yeah. from oh. the original series, which I have to confess I have never seen. Okay. Oh, really? It's, it's really fantastic. It's just one of the, one of the touchstone moments of star Trek. But yeah. I also know that he's really pissed about it because it wasn't the story he wrote. Well, or he whatever. was, yeah. Yeah, but, but there is a comic book adaption of his original story out there. Yeah. Um, fun. And it's very good. It is very good. Um, I'm going to put that uh, in the notes. So yeah, the Guardian of Forever is is that uh, that time portal. You know, it was like the personification of that time portal, right? And so that's let's that's lifted directly from that Harlan Ellison episode from the original series. Okay, so it's basically like they brought it back after you know fifty so years. When you say that, back. now I can picture the character, and it all comes flooding back to me. But like while I was watching it, it's like what the hell. <laughs> You do. Yeah. So uh, while we're on the, uh, oh, well, I don't know if we, I don't remember if we discussed this uh, after the end of the uh, last season or the very beginning of this season, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, they had that announced Section 31 spinoff starring right. Michelle Yeoh. Yes. We did not but, discuss it, but yes, I'm aware of it. But then. She ends up 900 years in the future, and then they never mention that show again. Yeah. And so everyone was like, well, well, I guess I was like, I guess that's not happening. Well, what Except I heard now, yeah, they've yeah. sent her back. <laughs> yes. And the other thing that I heard was that the, the, the people who wrote that episode, those two episodes, are, are the showrunners for this show. That she's doing. Uh, okay. So it right. was they. They wanted to kind of give her a, a little. It, it was again. It was one of Star Trek's uh, back backdoor um, pilots that they. That sure. They right. Yeah. And sh could you guys please? <laughs> 
So let's let's talk about the Mandalorian because I'm gonna need to make this call. You guys gotta leave because I'm gonna spoil. Yeah. So let's fun. let's lay it out there. Huge spoilers. We finally Huge we spoilers. finally meet the Jedi that is coming to get Grogu, and it's Luke Skywalker. How do we feel? Um, I I was I was super excited about it because I first of all I was like, well, I, I kept thinking, well, maybe it's gonna be Mace Windu. Yeah. Right. Or maybe it's gonna be Ezra Bridger. Because they had just introduced Ahsoka Tano. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe it'll be Ezra Bridger because they introduced, but then I started thinking, all right, so it's not a Ezra Bridger because he's flying a okay, anybody can fly an X-Wing. Apparently anybody can fly anything in Star Wars, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> but it, you know, as soon as I saw that X-Wing, I was like, could it be, could it be, you know, Luke Skywalker? As and soon then, as I saw it, I was like, that's, it's Luke Skywalker. No well, question. Because nobody yeah, else yeah, shows up in was, an X-Wing. I was like, I was, <laughs> okay. I was hoping it was going to be Mace Windu, but as soon as he, he, as soon as you saw that gloved hand and the green lightsaber, I was like, yeah, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, definitely no Luke. Well, now Mace dies though, right? Mace died in episode this, three. Yeah, Mace there's is There's this theory out there that he actually didn't die. That he's not dead. Well, that's well, that that's all those theories that have happened to Star Wars characters that maybe they weren't dead always prove to be false, right? Uh, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> right, right. See the end of um, this episode. So, you, you never know. I mean, you know, Dave Fellini loves those first two, the first three prequels, you know? Yeah. Um, and it would have been a great place to kind of like let's put in Mace Windu all fucked up, but it's Mace Windu. Yeah. I mean, that could, that could have been fun. Now I will say Luke Skywalker makes so much sense that it was almost too obvious. And I think that's why none of us predicted it because it's like, they're not going to do that. No way. uh, (laughs) So uh, now I was here. Here was my, my journey (laughs) through that, (laughs) that episode. Um, It was so unexpected to me. That until I actually saw the glove, like, like the X-Wing docked, the, he came out in the hood, the lightsaber was green, and still my mind is like, who is that? And then I saw the glove, the one gloved hand, I'm like, oh no, I can't believe it. They're, I can't believe they're doing it. Yeah. Dude, I was um, jumping up like, and down. Yes. Oh, no, was, like, in a, like in the best way. Like I was yeah. oh, so, yeah. yeah, I was so legitimately surprised. Yeah. My eyes teared up. I, I was wasn't like, expecting it. I wasn't expecting them to do it. I had tears. Like, I, I was like, oh, no. I, oh no. Was, was like, Matt <laughs> yeah. said, like Matt said, it was like, it's too obvious. This yeah. is too obvious. Can't but then I was, I was texting with Keith, a uh, um, friend of the show, Keith Binder. And, um, he said, oh, I was really hoping it would be Ezra. I'm like, Keith, they are going to save that Ezra and Thrawn stuff for the Ahsoka show. Right. Absolutely. That's, and you don't introduce, and if you drop that Ezra character in here now, is it going to have like as big a resonance as Luke fucking Fuck Skywalker? No, no. 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 Luke, I thought Luke was perfect. It was, it was a great, it was just weird. Cause I, I, you know, I kept seeing these things like, Oh, they're going to get Sebastian Stan to play a young Luke Skywalker. I, well, and, until he took the hood down. I yeah. honestly thought maybe it would be Sebastian Stan. Get I, I thought the same thing. And I'm going, okay, who's his body double? Who's his body double? Then, and then well, they only credited Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Skywalker. Now, and I'm what, like, what did we think of de-aged him? What did we think Which, about the de-aging? Cause it, it doesn't, it's it not didn't perfect. look exactly right. It wasn't perfect. Certainly. No, but it was, but it was him. And, and you know, Mark Hamill's voice has changed so much. Yeah, 
from from you know from being the joke i mean from doing that joker voice for 20 years it's changed so much right but they definitely he's he's down here all the time they affected his voice too they definitely tried to soften it a little bit yeah which i i mean i don't have a problem with it you're it's it makes logical sense that a you know baby yoda reaches out into space how many jedis really are still around and active and doing shit probably right. luke and maybe a handful of others and luke is one of the most powerful ones now well i mean at the end of return of the jedi as far as we know luke is the only jedi right and leia i guess right but she hadn't started training yeah, right right and and so like the more i thought about it the more it could only have been luke right it just makes sense the other thing that i loved what if you okay so go back to rogue one we got, we finally got that scene of Darth Vader coming in and just whooping ass. We've, yeah. We knew Darth Vader was a badass. We always knew it. But in the old movies, he's just kind of shaking the lightsaber around, whatever. We got to see him walk through and murder. I mean, it was like throwing yeah. dudes up on the ceiling. I'm getting like goosebumps. platoons of guys. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting goosebumps talking about and it. And then when you see Luke yes. take apart those stormtroopers, we never. I was like, holy shit. We finally shit. got that Luke moment. Because like, sure, yes. he flipped around and returned the Jedi and stuff like that, but yeah. not yeah. like this. You go like coming in, force pushing, just hacking through these guys like they're nothing. After yeah, we like saw we, how we, badass we, they we've were. We've never seen, we've never seen. Okay, Jedi action like that. <laughs> finally uh, got to see no. like, Master Luke whooping ass as a Jedi. And, and oh my and god. This, this, show, <laughs> this show has done such an amazing job delivering on moments of long forgotten promise. Yeah. Right. Uh like so it first happens when Mando meets up with all the other Mandalorians and all they they all fight as a team together on that barge or whatever. Uh, and it was like, oh God, amazing. What an amazing, what yeah. an amazing fight scene. Oh my God. I, how can they top this? Oh, let me tell you how they top this. Yeah. Right. They bring back Boba Fett. Well, and that's the other they bring thing. Bring back Boba Fett. Okay. Wait, before we, before yeah, we speak about bringing back we'll Boba get to Fett. That. Yeah. Question. Do you think the dark troopers, now they mentioned that they're droids, but they're are they droids, full yes. droids or do you think they have like some like human uh, no, I think they they droids. said specifically in the episode that the human weak, uh, the human pilots turned out to be uh, the weak part. Were a were the last weakness Uh-oh. that had to be shed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, like, I think they started off when they for, when they were first experimenting with dark troopers. They were like, "Yeah, guys in suits." Yeah. And and they were like, "Nope." They no also good. went full Star no Wars good, dubstep, and you don't okay. go full Star Wars dubstep unless you're dealing with full-on robots, right? Right. And so, yeah. So that second, <laughs> that second moment. Oh well, there. I mean, and that's not even to. That's not even to talk about the Timothy Oliphant stuff where they fight the crate dragon, but like. They bring back Boba Fett, and before he even puts on the fucking armor, you're like, "This is the Boba Fett I've been dreaming of my entire life." Yeah, yeah. It was, he was amazing. Totally. He was. And and now, th- and now this, they spent you know however many episodes building up the threat of these dark troopers, and how even one almost 
obliterated oh, Mando. Right. Oh, that was great. That was a great fight scene. It was awesome. And Luke and Luke comes in <laughs> and just like tears them to shreds. But that's also great. like classic Star Wars bait and switch. We're like, there's the bad guys. There's the bad guys. The stormtroopers are bad. They're really bad. Like, no, they're not. Look at them. They're getting wailed on. <laughs> you know, those guys are bad. You know, like that's how you do it. <laughs> Now, okay, yeah. so let's talk about the Boba Fett thing for a minute, because just last week, we got this huge dump of new Star Wars and Marvel shows that are coming up, and there's no Boba Fett Not title word. on there whatsoever. So they kept one close to the vest just to hit us all in this finale. I mean, there was uh-huh. so much they did right about this finale, and like, and I loved just the little things like uh, I can't I can't say the dude's name now. Uh, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna sitting like get, he put on some oh. weight. He's sitting on the throne. He's like, yeah, this, I'm a big dude. Come to the throne now. Oh, Boba, how are you? Like, yeah. no. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and when when um, Fennec, right? That's her name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the the uh, uh, Ming now. Yeah. Uh, when Fennec Mark's person walks across that grate. I'm like, don't, haven't they ever seen one of these movies? Yeah, like, you don't stand on there. No. Don't go across the grate. Yeah, that's what they keep the ranker, Especially while the guy's on the chair. Yeah. Uh, and, but no, like, they didn't even give him a chance. And, and like, I just, I love the idea that fat old Bib Fortuna was just like, well, I guess this is my yeah. balance now. Well, the French fry right. guy died, so I guess I'm in charge of the fryer. <laughs> you know? I was, I was, it was fantastic. I absolutely loved the episode. I absolutely yeah. was, at the end of it, I was like jump, like I said, I was jumping up and down. When, it, when he pulled his hood off, I was, well, as soon as I saw the glove and the green lightsaber, I was like, yeah, Philip Skywalker, you know, like that 12 year old in me was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it was a great moment. So how it do we really feel was. about yeah. more Mandalorian without Baby Yoda, without Grogu? How do we feel about that? Uh, I, I, I think it's a real strong assumption that it's going to continue without Baby Yoda. <laughs> it is going to continue. They've already green-lighted season three. I, I, no, I, I'm not, like, if you don't think that Baby Yoda is going to be back on this show, you're kidding yourself. I think oh, yeah. Baby Yoda might be the Alkalite show that they're planning, and we're going to oh, see the maybe. training of no, Baby No, I think Yoda. they already talked about what that oh, Okay, oh, I'll did, look it up. Okay, well, well, I, the, I have a feeling that Baby Yoda is going to get his own goddamn show where he's getting trained and doing stuff. I think there's a lot that they can do with with Mandalorian now. There's plenty. And I'm fine with so, it personally. If you want to yeah, say this, oh, yeah, me too. this chapter and, is over and we're done with the lone wolf and cub stuff. Fine. I'm, I'm fine right. with that. And there's no and reason honestly, they can't bump how, into each other or something, but there's plenty of stories you can tell with this character. No doubt. Right. You guys are just, you guys are just talking about how, um, you know, Batman and you know, there's this too much Batman out there. There's too much like Wolverine out there. There's too much, you know, it's like, don't overdo it. Like know where the line is. Yeah. And like Jerry Seinfeld says, go out on top. Yeah, you know, definitely. That was, that was, that was, that's the way to do it, you know, and you bring them back at some other point, but don't overdo it. Cause people are just going to get sick of it. Yeah. I, I, I love, I love the, the Mandalorian show. I love the tone of the show. I love the sound, the sounds of the show. Yeah. You the know? music, it, the yeah. music is amazing. It's just everything. That show has been the star Wars that we've been waiting for. Like literally <laughs> since star Wars came out. Totally. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, I, the, the more that I enjoy a show like the Mandalorian, the more I am thinking about the latest Star Wars movies and kind of distancing myself from them. Like, did we, 
not that I'm not gonna say they're terrible. They ruined everything. There are too many girls and black people. I'm not saying that. Okay, <laughs> I'm saying like the that sounds like what you're saying. Right, the story boy, that they chose to tell is a lot less interesting than the story we got in this arc of a TV show. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think it it kind of proves what a lot of people think about Star Wars already, especially, you know, in the 30 years after the originals came out with yeah. all the expanded universe stuff, it's that like, you know, the main story of Star Wars is not the most interesting part of Star Wars. No, absolutely. And they've, we've, right. we've now proved that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, the acolyte, uh, I did a quick search. Thank you. Wikipedia. And also David Robbins in the chat. Oh, hardworking uh, nerds of Wikipedia. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the acolyte takes place during the high Republic era, which oh, is, some, was, okay. Uh, one of those uh, new time periods that we haven't really seen yet. They legalized weed, and everybody's like, "Ooh, yeah, sure thing, bro. man! You got you got a lightsaber, man. <laughs> what, You'd be a lot funny. cooler if you did." <laughs> um, people, people were talking about the fight around, uh, you know, the volcanic fight that Luke, um, I'm sorry, Obi Wan and and Darth Vader had at the end. You know, like that. That's been talked about since Star Wars. Yeah, since the original Star Wars. Absolutely. And so you know what? Like, We're sitting here saying like, there. oh man, there's a Boba Fett TV series coming. That could be a movie. We don't know. That could be another Star Wars one-off movie about Boba Fett because that was rumored. So why the hell not? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, Taika Waititi I, honestly, has an unknown I, I think, project coming up that we know is a Star Wars spinoff. So maybe that's what it. If it's the, what if it's the Taika Waititi movie? That's what I'm saying. Frank, <laughs> I'm going to mute you because we've got some other people that want to come in, but it's good to talk to you always, brother. Good talking to you too. Hey Frank, bye now. Have a good one. David Robbins, uh, I'm asking him, you, you, Joe, keep going with your thoughts. Sorry. Patrick, uh, Patrick in the chat uh, says something uh, that never occurred to me. Uh, he was under the impression that Mandalorian took place after the rise of Skywalker. He wrong. And so it really took him by surprise. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and it just, you know, there's people out there that aren't like super hardcore um, followers of the timeline. You know, we talked about how, um, w with whether or not Ezra showing up would have had any Im the same impact. Right, right. And it's like how many, how many people, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of people are watching The Mandalorian that don't know what the fuck Star Wars Rebels is? Right. Or not so to mention like, that, how many thousands and thousands of people are watching The Mandalorian and don't understand that the Star Wars movies as they came out are not in order? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> There's plenty of them. So, David, how are you today, man? Doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're just talking about The awesome. Mandalorian. I'm freaking out. Excellent. I assume you want to do a little... Uh, I'm only about nine hours removed from having watched uh, Mandalorian because I got home late from work and watched it late last night. So uh, I got to watch it, sleep on it. I love it. Um, a couple of bullet points quick. I got a couple of things I want to hit. Yeah. Um, number one, Mace Windu could still be alive. He was a Jedi master. He got thrown out of a window. Oh, that's, that's true. The last time we see him. That's true. And he, he like, oh, if you think a Jedi right. master could survive a fall, even if he just got hit by force lightning, there's a possibility that we could see Mace Windu again and communing with, with Yoda. He discovered a way to hide out from everybody sure. by living on a planet that was completely full of life that he was hidden. Yeah. I mean, if so, Darth Maul can get cut uh, in half and he's feeling much better than Mace Windu, it can fall out a window. 
Yeah. Well, and I love what JD JD said in the in the Zoom chat earlier. He's like, at this point, who the fuck didn't survive Order sixty six? Yeah, it's it's very much no. last Kryptonian thing where he's like, except for all these other Kryptonians. <laughs> Kiari Mundi, Adigalia, um, let's see, Aya Sakura. Like none of them survived because we actually see them die. Yeah, on we camera. saw them. Yeah, die. but so it, it, look, so you know what? Rules. If if you don't, yeah, if you don't see them die on camera, and sometimes even when you do, so yeah. Bopper rules. How about this? If this you is, don't uh, see a Jedi ghost. True then you don't have that. Like there's no body, <laughs> like no ghost. That's right. Not That's dead. right. So. If, the, if you are not, if you do not show up as a force ghost, you could still be alive. Yeah. So, so um, I have an unpopular opinion here um, and it leads into why I enjoy the Mandalorian so much. Hit I us. actually enjoy last Jedi for what they were, what Ryan Johnson was trying. I, to last Jedi. Up, I do too. Was was what he was trying to set up and was unpopular and got undone in Rise of Skywalker. I was hoping that it would be that Ray is nobody. Yes, that Ray right. is not connected yes. to the Skywalkers. And I and I, that's what they were. That's what the Kylo says as much. Yeah, yeah. When they had when he's they're doing their mind melds or whatever. And he's like, your parents are nobody. And they left you. There are also the, all these little hints, the kid that like reaches out and the broom moves into his hand yes. and stuff like that. Yes. We get, uh, you know, the blind master who is force sensitive and shit. You're hinting that, hey, it's not just a family tree. It's not just midichlorians and shit. It truly is a force that surrounds us and binds us. And some people well, it's like, are just attuned to it, you know? Yeah, and that is the, that is the, that's the entire point of that movie is that anyone can be right like yeah. the, the the very last second of that movie where they just hint that that slave boy summons the broom into yes. his hand that's I was like fuck yes there you are and, Bring he, it and to just me. tell us ray doesn't have he, ray can be removed and he shows the rebellion ring it's like god damn it and yeah, it, it would it. make it makes her yeah. even more powerful, making her like the granddaughter of the emperor. That's just like that takes away all of her license, basically. And absolutely. The, like, and the fact that she's a badass, you know, like you just inherited it. Great. You're Michael Jordan's kid. That's why you can slam like that. Great. You know, I mean, that's what I liked. That's what I liked about about uh, Last Jedi leading into what I was what I'm glad that they did with Mandalorian is that they took that Star Wars camera and turned it sideways yeah. because yep. that's what I always loved about the rogue squadron novels and the young Jedi Knights novels yeah. and like turn the camera, show me other parts of this world. I don't necessarily need every story to be about Luke Han and Leia, even though I love the Trinity, you know, I, I don't need every story to be about them. I want to see different parts of that rich, rich world. George Lucas may not have been the greatest writer when it came to the prequels but he did the best thing he could have done and that was build and craft the richest world he could have yeah he, he just should have asked for some help everybody's been that's building all. on it since he just should have asked for some help <laughs> that's all yeah. so so i love mandalorian um i was hoping it was mace windu but as soon as it was the x-wing i said oh that's luke yeah it was um, red five I'm totally fine with red it. five flew the, in i mean like it's like come on yeah. <laughs> The, the de-aging um, could have been a little bit better, but I'm choosing to think of it as this is Luke five years after the last time we see him yeah. in Return of the Jedi. So maybe he had some accidents while training. Maybe he did like injure himself further. And this is five years later. Well, he got his I'm ass whooped by like force that. lightning and that changes a dude, yeah. you know, there's that too. You're there's not walking too. out of that. Okay. You're going to be a little yeah. grizzled afterwards. So, <laughs> 
so so that that's what I have to say about that. As as uh, in in uh, gaming news, um, did you guys hear about what happened with the Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven game on Sony PlayStation? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, I have a friend that I play D anD D with, and th- this it's not even fun to laugh about because it broke his damn heart. He was so excited, yeah. and then when it got pushed back again, he's like, "What? Why are we even doing this? Why do we even care?" You know. <laughs> he went through, and then finally it came out, and he was just like, "Yes, here it is. I can do it." And he started playing, and he was like. What is wrong with this game? <laughs> yeah. So for, for those who don't know, um, Cyberpunk 2077, big AAA title came out uh, about a month ago. I mean, about, about two weeks ago, actually. It came uh, out last week, last oh, Friday. Last week, last Friday. Um, and it is so broken yeah. that they- Sony has pulled it from the PlayStation Network and offered anyone who purchased it via Sony to get a refund. Yeah. And there's legal ramifications too. Like they're going after the the developers. Sony was like, you, you can't do this. You can't make this thing stink. I watched a video from what culture gaming yesterday, who they said that apparently companies can ask for waivers for like any issues. Cause these, these games get reviewed by the networks before they put them in their stores and the Sony network. And, and I guess Xbox or whatever said, okay, there are problems here. And they said, Oh, we're, that's why we're pushing it. They'll be fixed before we launch. And they weren't launched or they weren't fixed and it got launched. And now it's just trash. Yeah. Like it's, it, it apparently plays really well but will crash repeatedly. Oh yeah. 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 It, it, like that. Well, that's the thing you launch this as like, it's one of the biggest games we've done and it's got all this hoopla and here's your new PlayStation five that it will break. So you just dropped money on a brand yeah. new PlayStation, the most expensive PlayStation to date. And they put out a game that makes it look like it's broken. Yep. Sony <laughs> is going to kill them. <laughs> Yep. Like, like mob style back of the head. We never find the bodies, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing and there's no excuse for it anymore. This is, no. I mean, come on. Don't tell me you didn't beta test this shit. There's no excuse. I mean, they had to have lied to get, to get to where they were on the Sony platform to jump through all those hoops. They had to have lied. They had to have known yeah. that it was broken. And they were trying to well, fix no, it on the fly. Listen, stop with your conspiracy nonsense. This game went through so like there is like if you actually follow industry gaming news, the, this company has been criticized and criticized and criticized yeah. for putting their employees through the what they call the crunch, which is um, just like unsustainable work hours, um, you know, uh, trying to get a game rushed to completion for release. Right. And the the idea is it's the last big push before a game is ready to go. And what I've read is that there are so many, like it, it's not that they did like it, games are new games are buggy always. Right. It's, it's sure. almost, it's almost um, unheard of these days for a triple a title to come out and not have a huge patch on the first day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like they knew that it was going to have problems. They knew it was going to have performance issues on one console versus another. Um, I'm playing it on the PS4 and I don't know why, but like I've had exactly one problem and it wasn't even like 
my guy's dick keeps coming out of his pants or whatever funny thing I've, people were talking about. Like, or <laughs> my guy, my guy turned into a chair. No, like it, my, the game just crashed. It I think just the major issues were on the PS5 version. I think the PS4 <laughs> is just broken, but not as broken as the new, uh, the PS5. I, I think it's broken all around unless you have like a friggin' monstrous PC PK. rig, but it's not that they didn't know, know that there would be bugs. It's that, there are there are going to be situations where you just got to get the game in as many people's hands as possible to find where the bugs are. And what they didn't know, though, is that there are so many random triggers that will cause these game breaking issues that they didn't even know what to look for. That's just ridiculous. You need better beta testing then. That's insane. I mean, come on. Hey, it's yeah. good to talk to you, man. And we will talk again soon. All right. You two guys have a good holiday this week. You too, buddy. Brian Domingos, uh, I'm asking you to unmute you. Joe, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Frank in the chat just dropped a bomb. Apparently, Chris Pine is in talks to star in a live action adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons. That, I don't know, after the last one, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? The last one starring Marlon Wayans? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just don't trust him anymore. Brian, how are you today, sir? Good, guys. What's going on? We're just chilling. Oh, just hanging out. We're hanging out. You know. Cool. Uh, deep Mandalorian spoilers, guys. Oof. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I haven't seen um, any of the season, so um, I don't know if I will. Uh, well, some things have happened. I, uh... <laughs> it sounds like everyone's happy, though. So isn't that nice? Um, that's a good thing. So yeah, I'm yeah. Glad the fans are happy. Um, but I had I had three quick things. Um, the uh, All the DC Infinite frontier you know is what i was focused on this week right mm -hmm. um all the announcements for that stuff and i am optimistic about most of the things um i found superman a little um underwhelming but there's been many eras in my lifetime where superman books were like oh i don't need to read those i'm very uh, excited about phil hester drawing superman so it turns out the phil hester story is just two chapters yeah, oh really? Two issues. It's 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 yeah. the first two. It's the first two part story in Superman and Action Comics, okay. and then fills out. I had a feeling, um, <laughs> so, and that's not. This is not a slam on Phil Hester, but he is also a, not. But uh, he, he, he's not. He, Some people would look at that art and say, "I don't like this." He's a he can be divisive in his art. I think he's fantastic, but he's also a bit of an acquired taste, and that's risky to throw a guy like him on a long run on Superman. I could see how DC would be like, a mm, couple chapters. Sure. I, I don't know that he's a marquee artist for that book. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, um, which is too bad. That, I wish he was more famous. Cause I love the guy. He did. He did that winter um, story. I think it was last week or two weeks ago. It was where it was the Superman special tie into this winter arc. And um, this winter. Yeah. Yeah. And it looked, um, it looked good. It's funny. His Superman. I am always expecting the mullet because he was drawing that back in like, is it in, was it in green arrow where he sold the mullet? Yes. You know what uh, I mean? So when they were, they were flashing back to Ollie's funeral. Right. And, um, Superman is standing at the grave with Batman and he's got the mullet and he somehow feels parallax swipe molecules of Ollie's body off of, off of his costume or whatever. So like there was just like yeah, a yeah. wind that blew through or something. He was like, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so every drawing I was like, does he have a mullet in that drawing? He doesn't, but it, it just, I was expecting to fill. It's, it's, it's funny how that 
like 20 something year old memory is like in my head when I think of Phil Hester Superman. Um, but I mean, he's a good artist, but not going to be them. I mean, but just like Philip Kennedy Johnson is not a yeah. name writer really. So yeah, he must have something coming. But So uh, the regular, you know, we were talking about this on the main show. DC must see something that we haven't. Well, Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. They're given Marvel's given him yeah. alien. DC's given him Superman. Right. I mean, uh, so the, the new ongoing artist after this initial two-parter, uh, the uh, the Superman uh, the Superman artist is Scott Godlewski, Godlewski, and the action comics artist is Daniel Sampier. Neither of which are marquee names. No, those are young. <laughs> those are young guys. Yeah. Uh, but Mikhail Mikhail Janin is going to uh, step in for some sort of thing in, uh, later on. Okay. Yeah, if he was like the rotating every other arc or something, I'd understand. You know, a six issue run from him or something. So what? Yeah. Do, um, what do we think about Bendis on Justice League? What? How do we feel about this? Patrick Cavanaugh is in our Facebook chat, just smashing Bendis. He hated Superman. He thinks the Legion is boring. What do we think about Bendis on JLA? Um, I think the Legion is boring, but that's just because I don't ever. It's one of the, like, there's no book that I've given more tries to than the Legion of Superheroes. And okay. it's just not something for me. Joe um, Patrick's going to break up with so you, you understand. But I mean, I, it's just, it's, it's just fine, not for it's me. Fine. That's um, fair. That's fair. But I, I don't know. I, I saw that like the team um, reveal for the Justice League um, on the cover. It looks fine. It's Justice League. Like it's, it's never, it's, it's going to be better than hopefully than the Snyder one. Yeah, um, I, I'm not, not worried the about Snyder that. movie, the Snyder comic. Um, the, I don't know. I mean, I don't really care about David Marquez that much. Um, he's love, not an artist that like I've followed. I um, love David Marquez personally. He's good, you know, but it's like, it's not like, Oh, that's somebody that like, I'd be more excited if like Howard Porter was the artist, but that's more like nostalgia for me than like sure. a hot artist. Um, but I think it, I mean, it's going to be fine. It's got green arrow in it. I like him black canary. And, um, it looks like the, I, I thought the least impressive thing about this entire thing, unfortunately was the launch image of that, like the one shot cover. That yeah. By like, Dan Jurgens. It's yeah. Dan Jurgens and Michael Jannon. And it is the most boring thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, and, that, and that's how I feel about Dan Jurgens in general. It's like, he is fine. Yeah. Dan Jurgens is like guy's a legend. He's served a, his time. He, he's fine. He's a workman. But even like back then, like I always thought it was like, he's not the most like he's dynamic but like it'll like he's like a natural progression of like the sal buscema group yeah like that kind of thing but not that like elite cutting edge jim lee Silvestri, portasio like that kind of like right. we're gonna do something you've never seen before it's right. like here's traditional bronze age stuff amped up a little bit jurgens was one of those guys um, that was younger but still very much doing a very well-known style like he he was looking at that old dc house style and improving it he definitely was better but it was still very classic and i think he's one of yeah. those last classic guys and i'm glad he's around and i'm glad they still let him do stuff like this because it, it gives like a historical feel to certain things now the one thing that i'm worried about and the one thing that people are bitching about in the chat right now when you put bendis on a team book like when he was on avengers and stuff like that when he was on X-Men, everybody can very much start to sound the same. When he was on his Superman run, I liked it because he could focus on Superman and give him a lot of personality. But I'm worried 
that he may just bend us the entire JLA and we get another big group story where everyone's kind of snarky and doing their thing. We've introduced some new characters that are bad guys that Bendis likes to do, which are always kind of underwhelming, quite honestly. <laughs> you know? I, but I will say, I, I like it's, it is a valid criticism. However, the team books are not where you go for character personality. I agree. You know what I mean? Like I and it, it was li- like, it was something that in the Morrison run, there's asides where, you know, it's, it's Flash and Wonder Woman in the, you know, it, it's in the ultramarine art where they're flying together. And he's like, I feel like I don't see anybody anymore. Like, yeah, you know, it's like it because all they do is big, explosive things. And they're like on to the next thing. Like there's not small moments because, you know, that's not Flash has his own book. Wonder Woman's got his, her own book. Like, sure. That's not what we we're looking for. Like if if every book was chatter, 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 like no character development, I would totally agree that it's a bad thing but like there was some in superman um and action even though i don't know action had some weird i think the art didn't help but uh we've talked enough about the art that did stuff. not help um, it specifically <laughs> didn't help <laughs> finale's coming up can't wait to see how, how you know jr jr goes out on top joe patrick's um, pick of the week next week <laughs> so we'll see can't, can't wait and um, we won't we won't be reviewing it because it's the drunk show <laughs> it's true <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i mean it's it's going to be more like you know riffy and that's but that's what he does yeah and i don't really have an issue with that i'd rather riffy with a comprehensible story than like whatever scott snyder did i totally like, agree i totally i don't agree. know what the i don't know what the fuck they're talking about I don't know what these things are. Who are these people? What what are they doing? And I'm not like a newbie. I just think, I don't think he knew. I, I think he was just like, here's like, where's my thesaurus? I need a crazier word than this. And just like cranking it up. And it's like, there's no, there's no substance to it. I'd rather a little more like plot and jokey jokey than big bombastic plots that have no material to them. and like. Yeah. Stark dialogue. Like that doesn't, there's nothing to hold on to with that. I also feel like we're you know? coming off five years of that with the justice league right now where it, it's just been too much. And I do think Bendis, he's a smart guy. He knows how to read the room. I think he's going to bring things down to earth a little bit. And like, this is a very classic lineup aside from Naomi and Hippolyta, which I don't really understand. Not that like if no, Naomi's going to be there fine, but why is Hippolyta there? Not wonder woman. And he, he did he did one thing it was in um in the back of the most recent action comics trade i just read that the other day and he in there's a there's script and it's those issues where naomi is in the superman there's in action comics right and so in the script he's writing it and he's like naomi's like like it's to the artist so it's not anything we see on the page but it's like naomi is like she's she's a little bit of a hit and i'm like eh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, that's what I'm told. Yeah, but exactly. I, don't know. I, I feel the same like way. A TV show or something coming. So there is something there. And I liked but, the Naomi book. I didn't. I liked Naomi when she popped up in action comics. But there also wasn't a part of me that was like, this is the new DC character that I give a shit about. I feel it. There it is. They do, do more. Do more. Lots more, please. Right. <laughs> like, I like her. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I it's great. like it's like Brian said, I, I feel like we've been. Uh, getting told a lot how cool Naomi is and how important Naomi is. Yeah. Um, and really we haven't seen any evidence of that other than 
she meets Superman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She I mean, meets Young Justice. Like, all right. right. She was in Young Justice, right? Yeah. Brian, like, we got a couple more guys so, that need to get in here and, and we're running a little long. So I'm going to mute you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. John Bye, Munger. Brian. John Bunger is here and I'm asking to unmute this guy. I can't believe he even decided to show up. Can you believe this? I can't believe it. I know. <clears throat> there he color. is. I recognize that gruff. <laughs> How are you, How sir? You I'm good. Good, man. What are we wrapping about? Uh, well, the Mandalorian was pretty great. I liked it. A um, little bit, you were talking about High Republic earlier, Joe. That was, uh, that's basically the era that ends with the prequels. Ends with uh, Palpatine taking over the Senate and all that stuff. High, oh, high see, Republic. Yeah, now, is I thought High Republic. Jedi. I thought High Republic was like a couple hundred years ago, as opposed to a thousand years ago, like the old Republic. Uh, yeah, probably something like that. Yeah. Oh, but it's, I mean, it's an era, so like you say, yeah. it has a, it probably butts up against you know. So the High Republic leads into the prequels. Yes. Okay. So, so the gotcha. Alkali will be like post the video old Republic video games. Before prequels, somewhere in there. Okay. And all new characters, probably. Uh, um, but no, the Mandalorian, man. Uh, yeah. Look, I loved seeing Luke show up and just decimate the fucking dark. Tree. I mean, it was so fun to watch. Yeah. I was just really excited. I thought it was great. I, I got to say, though, man, I think it's, I was a little bit, a little bit lazy with the Deuce Ex Machina of it, though, man. I, I I much rather would have seen Mando try to figure a way out of there and little uh, Grogu like have some burst of force because he was throwing stormtroopers around that room like yeah. nothing when he was pissed off, you know. So the little guy gets scared, does something just horrific that like maybe damages a ship, gets an opening. Mando takes the dark saber, cuts cuts them away out, and then Bo Katan's now on his trail and he's off with baby yoda again running through the galaxy we're now running from mandalorians i would have thought that would be much more interesting fair but enough. again i fucking love seeing luke just yeah. shred those things so i you know i'm torn a little bit with that well how long have we been waiting to see luke whoop ass i mean truly whoop ass no and, and i don't mean like the exact point i made when they uh, you made the same point i made about vader too yeah and, like we finally and, uh, got one. that scene and I'm, I'm not talking about luke jumping you know doing a flip off a mini trampoline in you know return of the jedi i mean like whooping ass you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean i gotta say it was fun i'm not denying that and i would I'll watch it probably 50 times don't get me wrong and they probably made the right decision as far as you know making money keeping people happy of course. and all that stuff but, of course uh, it'd been you know i don't know much more dramatic and anyway uh but you know they did it was a good cameo and the cameo yeah if you want to call it cameo and then bringing back boba fett i mean that's they did it really really well yeah um you know what it makes me think though about this spider-man 3 movie and how they're bringing all these guys in and they're just like biting off of the spider versus success and I cannot be any less interested in Spider-Man three. Every time they announce another character, they're bringing back. I mean, it's just so <laughs> I want to see how it's handled. I, I want to the best thing about it is the, like the, uh, is the joke or headlines that I see where it's like, <laughs> that is the best part. 
so and so reprise to reprise his role as a disinterested bystander in, <laughs> <laughs> in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> um, I want to see how they handle it. And I have a feeling they know what they're doing. And I have a feeling that it is going to be a lot of short comical moments. I don't think we're going to see Andrew Garfield get more than five minutes of screen time in this movie. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that it's, we're going to dance around these things. I don't think it's going to be like this care bear stare of Spider-Man. No. uh, You know, teaming up to say, like, I don't think it's going to be like this. They can't, they simply can't have a movie that is essentially the same plot as into the spider verse. No, no. Where he has to team up, you know, yeah, like, like he, well, like he, that, so but. he, well, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, I realize I give these guys a lot of rope. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I suspect it's going to be more like what Matt is saying, where he's just like tripping through the multiverse with Dr. Strange and he sees all of this, right. You gets know. a glimpse of it. Like, or, like the, or something's the, wrong and the flashpoint on CW where totally flash right, the movie right. shows up. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, like he, like him and Dr. Strange, uh, accidentally stumble into New York city just in time to see Macy gray, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. perform at the parade or whatever. Yeah. John, it's excellent to talk to you, buddy. Love you. Good to talk to you. Have some happy see holidays. Guys. We'll talk to you soon. Happy- Cause we got, uh, I believe this is Justin coming in to rap with us. Hi buddy. Ooh, I got, I got through. Yes. I got through. There was two of oh, you dude. trying to call at the same time and you were in a war and I'm not sure who the other person was, but you won. So. <laughs> I won. <laughs> oh. Anyways. All right. So this is, this is almost two years in the making. I tried to call you the other day cause I was going to give you an out where you wouldn't have to do this over over the air to six people that are listening right oh, but now, i can but, edit this show so it's all right don't worry if i don't like it, do I won't this make anyways it, so. <laughs> so it must have been last february march april sitting in Krug park phoenix shad had just been shot a boot and a spur comes into the view at the very last right scene of that episode and i looked at you mm-hmm. and i said it's boba fett he made it through the sarlacc pit oh and yeah he looked at me and he said no fucking way. I said no. There's never. Yeah. There's never a way. It'll never, ever happen. I just want you to cop to everybody that I was right. I, look, you were wrong. I fully admit I did not like fl- Boba Fett. I don't like Boba Fett because, and Joe and I have said it a million times, Boba Fett did nothing cool on screen. All the cool shit that people love about Boba Fett happened in books comics video games fucking fan fiction you know so no i did not think they would go full boba fett i totally admit it and now they honestly i feel so much better about the character of boba fett just getting to see him do some cool shit honestly <laughs> uh, being, yeah, and being completely completely badass about it what do you think joe like do, were you happy were you a Boba Fett fan all along? Uh, you know, I'm like, I always thought Boba Fett looked cool, but yeah, you know, again, Boba Fett, you know, in the movies, Boba Fett goes out like a chump. Yeah. He gets five minutes yeah. of screen time and he goes out like a chump. Right. Um, yeah. And it's like, with well, Wilhelm, yeah, I guess I believe. he, Oh yeah. With the Wilhelm scream. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, I had, you know, I had a, um, 
I had an uh, accessory less Boba Fett figure that my aunt found at a thrift store. I was like, yeah, this guy's cool. And so everything that I liked about Boba Fett was from my own mind. Well, and John Bunger just said it in our chat. Like everybody fell in love with the character design. He's a cool looking character. Yeah, totally. But totally. And, and I think I, I think there was a, a, a moment in the early 90s where everybody, or at least I did, everybody had a copy of the Bounty Hunters book. Oh, yeah. Like they, they extended the expanded universe with the, of just the Bounty Hunters book where you had it was like uh, IG-88's backstory. And you had these backstories for all the Bounty right. Hunters that were on on, uh, you know, that 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 Vader paid to try to track down the guys. Also, I do have a side note that that's still Star Wars, but. A week ago, maybe two weeks ago, you guys were talking about Star Wars cartoons. Mm-hmm. You were talking about Rebels, right? And you were talking about Clone Wars. Right. And in, in, in this conversation, and just correct me if I'm wrong, from what I remember, you were saying that you thought Clone Wars was like super kitty, and you didn't really care for the animation. You like Rebels because the animation got better and the storylines are more hardcore, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Okay. okay, so I, just on that conversation, I was like, well, I've never watched either one of these. I'm going to go watch at least the first couple episodes of both. And I have to say, like, I think I, I, I think the opposite of you. I think that Clone Wars has the killer animation for the time that, like, utilized stylistically the most they could do with computer graphics. But I didn't find the storyline, at least, like, the first episode that I watched was they, there's literally a Jedi and, and, and their ship is destroyed and there are droids going around and what they're called like pod breakers where they're going around to all the pods and breaking the glass so that the remaining survivors get sucked out into space and just die. Okay. So that must've been later on in the series. That, I know this is the first episode of season one of Clone Wars. Yes. Huh? I don't remember. I mean, to me, it was like the most realistic part. And then I watched uh, the first two episodes of Rebels because they're kind of like a, a part one and a part two. Right. And I found yeah. that to be the more like cartoony, uh, you know, like big hands, big feet, you know, like kind of the way they went with those. Oh, those animation like the, style. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you, you want, know what yeah. I mean? Almost kind of like I just, TV, I just felt like Japanese with, with Clone Wars, it's just, it's so much more in the vein. And then I'm also, you know, as I'm watching, I'm seeing Dave Filoni's name just pop up over and over again in Clone Wars. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I am allergic to the prequels. I hate them. I, I, I hate them. I don't want them. I don't like them anywhere near my Star Wars. And when that Clone know, Wars cartoon started bringing in all those, like, you know, duck build robots and like comedy shit that I couldn't fucking stand about the prequels. I, I just, I'm out. I'm just out. And I like that rebels was further removed from that touched on some things, but not the stuff that made me have a vile reaction. <laughs> so so uh, all I would tell you guys is, uh, you know, and Joe, you may love it and Matt, you may, but Matt, and I'm sure it's probably, you probably gave this a watch through like the first year that they, that came out. Yeah. You need to, you guys need to go back and check that out. I was really surprised with how fucking much I liked Clone Wars. Fair enough. I mean, I tried to dip back into that 20 episodes you need to watch or whatever uh, that Joe sent me a list. And I just, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. I don't know. Uh, To me, to me, it's, it's just, it feels, it has that same, it has that same, like, like what everybody's been talking about, about Mandalorian. It has that same star Wars feel to it. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and to me, that's, that's, that's pretty much what they've done is they were like, you know, uh, let's take stuff we know work with nerds that, that know it well enough to know, but well, like, like the one dude was saying earlier, he doesn't know star Wars. 
he doesn't really know Star Wars that great at all and made yeah. him want to go back and watch it. So like they're pulling in people that don't really watch it, but then they're also getting the hardcore diehard fans with all the little like Easter eggs. You're like yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the pearl in the sand and the sand dragon. Right. Like, yeah. Like mm-hmm. th- that was what you got from that, from the game. When you killed the sand dragon in the Star Wars game, your oh. your reward was the pearl from the inside of that dragon. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, they're walking a tightrope. Obviously, you got to give just enough to the hardcore nerds and just enough to the casual nerds and just enough to people that know nothing, you know? But not be obligatory about it like, right. say, The Last Jedi or, it, yes. or Rise of Skywalker. Right. Or any other movie where we just throw in some character names that nerds are going to be like, oh, I recognize them from the video game or the comic. I mean, that's not them at all, but I know their name. You know, like, fuck off. What's the point? Yeah. 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 And Joe, I, I agree with you earlier about what you were talking about with the Spider-Verse. Like, I think it'll be super tasteful. I don't think they're going to remake Into the Spider-Verse no. by any means. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I don't know that you'll ever see... You know, I don't know that you'll ever see all of them fighting. Like, I agree with you. I, I watched this big thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like a 30-minute Kevin Feige rollout of everything getting ready to happen in the Marvel in the Marvel universe. Where is it's that? Pretty much a preview of it, it's it's on YouTube. It's, it goes all the way down to Miss Marvel. They show who they cast for Miss Marvel. Oh, oh, okay. This was uh, the Marvel probably, uh, probably from that Investor Day. Yeah, presentation. Yeah, I and, and expect. And what I, what I thought was really cool about that was where he literally said that uh, WandaVision, Doctor Strange, and Spider-Man 3 are one story. Yeah, one overarching story. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I'm really stoked about that. So it's I mean, not going to really be a spider all things Marvel. I think Disney's like actually kind of killing it right now. I totally agree. Absolutely. I too. Justin, we got to get out of here because this show is too damn long as it is, but it's good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. Thank you for uh, admitting <laughs> hey, your faults. I love y'all. <laughs> I love you too. Have a great one. Uh, we got Ryan Forrest here watching. Do you want to hear him? I asked quick? him if he wanted to talk. I said raise his hand, but he hasn't raised his hand. So, Ryan, can you hear us? And can more importantly, can you speak to us? Yes. Hello. Good morning. There you are. Hi there. Hello there. So there's. Hi, a- sorry, I didn't. I didn't see you asking anything about me. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hate to come in on the tail, and I don't feel like I can add very much to it. Uh, I thought, you know, like Matt, you and I texted this morning or last night. I thought it was the most obvious choice that it was Luke. Yeah. I just never ever thought they would do it. No, I'm the same way, and and that's why it worked because none of us were like gonna bet on Luke Skywalker. We were all betting on the dumbest shit in the world. You know, like, oh, yeah, Ezra, really? <laughs> well, I, I, I put I put all my chips on Mace. Um, Fair enough. Because, you know, you didn't see him die. He got thrown out of a building in the same movie that we watched Anakin Skywalker fall 300 stories and land on another speeder in traffic. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. So he would have been handsless, but he could have survived. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of like weird, dumb ideas. And like Joe was saying at the end of Return of the Jedi, as far as we know, Luke is the only Jedi out there that's not hiding. That's not like actively hidden away because they're so terrified of something that happened in those other movies. So it makes sense. Like it makes perfect sense that he hears him and, and shows up as opposed to like people, like even Ezra and Ashoka and stuff, they're not Jedi. So they wouldn't have even heard Grogu screaming, you know, or whatever the hell he did when he sat on that thing. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'm uh, I might be more excited for the book of Boba Fett than anything. Do you think it's going to be a movie or a TV series? I'm I'm putting my money on movie. 
one shot Boba Fett movie. Well, if it is, then it has to be what Taika is doing because nothing guess. else is in the works and there's no way they could keep that that quiet. Yeah, that's my guess because they announced unnamed Taika Waititi like movie and then the next week we get the finale where it says the book of boba fett that's got to be our that's got to be well it was also just it's also december 2021 and that's when they are famous for releasing movies yep that well okay now here's my thought december 2021 that is a real fast turnaround unless yeah, they've, been, they've filming, already been working on yeah unless they've been filming, already been filming for a year Oh yeah. I mean, that's, they, this machine has been rolling. So yeah, he, they've, they've been in Australia and New Zealand, I think because, uh, Natalie Portman was just on Fallon or Kimmel or somebody a couple of weeks ago. And she's down in Australia getting ready for love and thunder. Yeah. And also you have this new technology where you can put actors alone in a room with a full background that they can change, add other actors, throw crowds in and stuff like that. So they're not, I mean, yes, COVID has limited things, but they're not as limited as we think they are when it comes to this new technology. So, well, I'll tell you, if if I get a Taika Waititi Boba Fett movie, I might just melt in the theater. Totally down, hundred percent down. (laughs) And honestly, I think a guy like Taika Waititi, is perfect for something like that because you're taking oh. a character that is quiet and gruff and you're going to need someone that can inject some laughter, some fun, some life into it. Otherwise you're just following around this guy that doesn't talk very much and whoops ass. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I think we're all excited. Ryan, I'm glad you got in here, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks guys. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Okay. Let's get to these voicemails. We've got a couple here. And one appears to be a very sweet little holiday message. Oh, that's very nice. Nerd, I miss you. I wanted to call and say, I hope you're having a good Hanukkah. That just ended, right? I hope you have a good uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's to come. It's been so long. Um, I accidentally am caught up on something that's hot and new right now. I saw the Mando. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say this. I wish that all wrestlers had the opportunity to deliver at least four lines in some sort of motion picture so they can get union benefits and protection. Yes. It would be great if, uh, if, if our stars were actually insured as they were supposed to instead of being private contractors. Answer for the question of the week for me is uh, Brian Augustine. Uh, Brian Augustine is somebody who I liked. He wrote a lot of the comics that I got excited about at the end of the 90s. Um, and I, a few years ago, I looked up um, some old comics that I had signed at a Comic-Con in 1988 where Stan Lee was. And one of the people who signed it was Brian Augustine. He used to work for something called Troll Studios or Apple Studios. And he put out a title called Troll Lords. And Troll Lords was my jam when I was a little kid. I loved it. I missed it. Uh, other than that, uh, I hope you're all well. Um, I, I know Kettner's out there uh, doing his uh, physical rehab and, and, and therapy, so uh, I hope everybody is, is healthy and well in the new year. Um, yeah, it's been a rough one, right? Yeah. Uh, here's the next year, all right? Yeah. What a guy. That was Black Scorpion, uh, the three since uh, he didn't identify himself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he mentions, uh, he mentions, uh, Jim Kettner, our buddy Kett, um, who is recovering from surgery. He had an injury to his shoulder that was, uh, he had an operation, uh, I believe it was just yesterday, and it apparently went very well from what I've seen on the Instagram. Good. That's good news. And 
he felt well enough to call in and leave a voicemail. Oh, so speaking of Kettnerd, is that him next? Joe Nat, what's up? It's Kettnerd. I haven't called in in like a year, and uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to get through to you guys, and I, the, the phone's not even ringing. Going right. Right to your voicemail. That's who was um, fighting with Justin. I I'll think bet. this is still the right time to call. Yes, it is. Um, but I'm also so behind on comics. I haven't read anything since the summer. Um, but I have a lot of free time on my hands, so I want some reading recommendations. So uh, I guess I'll just keep trying for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> Hopefully I'll get through. All right. I hope you guys are good. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Quick reading recommendations for Brian this past year for the Ket Nerd. I would say I just caught up on Seven to Eternity, Rick Remender's book at Image, and it is fan friggin' tastic. And I can't remember why I stopped reading it other than I think it just got buried in the pile. I would absolutely look at that at Seven to Eternity. Uh, I've got two Marvel ones, and uh, they are, in my opinion, Marvel's two best books right now, and that is Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil. Yes. Without a and uh, Al Ewing's The Immortal Hulk. Uh, I don't know where you were on those, if you'd even started them, uh, Jim, but if you haven't, um, they are doing really nice little, like, you don't have to follow a bunch of other books. Daredevil's just Daredevil. Hulk is just Hulk. And they are both brilliant. I would know? throw Donny um, Cates Thor on that pile, too. It is. It has been so much fun. And to come in after Jason Aaron... After a run like that, which is going to go down as one of the greatest runs of Thor of all time, to come in and take it in this crazy, cosmic, heavy metal direction was brilliant, and it's just so much fun. It is so wonderful. God, I love uh, it. For a, for a breath of fresh air, I would recommend Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber. Most definitely. Uh, a nice hardcover of that just came out. Um, you should be able to find it on the DC app if that's how you do it. Um, or most of it at least. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out from the big two uh, for sure right now. Um, and Image, of course, uh, like Zdarsky's got a book uh, from Image uh, called Stillwater that I've really been enjoying. Blue and Green is the name of the book. It yeah. is incredible. And Ram V is going to be a creator that we are hearing a lot about next year. You watch. He's got some jobs working on the DC Future State stuff now. I think he's a super exciting creator. Pick up Blue and Green. It's even got like a play on like the Blue Note jazz stamp on the cover. And it's all about a jazz musician. And madness and creativity and the art is beautiful absolutely check out blue and green oh wonderful stuff ket nerd good to hear from you man glad you are uh, sorry sorry you couldn't get through matt always insists that the phone lines are open and yet people always say the phone line's not ringing well looking at it it was him and justin that were butting heads they were fighting they were both calling at the same time it appears because the timestamp mm. is like right there so i let's face it google voice is not the best for this <laughs> but it, it does what it does it's probably better for leaving messages it also costs no money so yeah but you get what you pay for so there you go let's talk about our answers to the question of the week and then let's get the hell out of here all right uh so surprising creator created uh bleh. surprising creator credits uh, an, a name popping up in an unexpected nerdy place i remember watching uh 
you know, I'm, I, I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies and uh, I started to see this name pop up and it's like, uh, that name sounds really familiar, but I, I, I never really like cared enough to look it up. Um, and this is a, this is a guy that's, I always knew as an actor, but like he, he started showing up in screenplay credits. Like he wrote horrible bosses. He wrote, uh, he directed the, uh, the John Cena movie game night, which is great. Um, I have no idea who this is. Yeah. Uh, he is attached to the, uh, Hasbro expanded movie universe, which apparently is still listed on IMDb as announced. Yeah. I, I don't think um, thing anymore, but you know, yeah. um, <laughs> but I I'll tell you what actually made me stop and go, okay, I need to know who this guy is. He wrote the screenplay for Spider-Man homecoming. And I was like, Oh, all right. I need to know who this is. His name is John Francis Daly. Uh, you might know him better. As tiny little Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> really? Yes. No shit. Sam Weir grew up and he wrote Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm like, well, that is wild. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no shit. I didn't know that. That's really cool. That's so much better than mine. Because I, I couldn't really think of any anyone that was like blowing my mind other than like the battle that I had accepting that Gerard way was the same Gerard way from a band that I can't fucking stand that is writing a comic book that I love so much in the umbrella Academy. <laughs> like I looked right at it. I recognized the name and didn't think a thing of it. And it was just like, all right, I'll, I'll give this a read. This is really good. And they're like, no, it's that guy. It's him. It's Gerard way from my chemical romance. And I was like, no, get out of here. That guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was wrong. It was totally him. I was yeah, yeah. knock knock me over with a feather. Look, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, let's set up a new question of the week for these kitties. All right. We got a new question here from Eddie via the THN forums. Eddie. Put on your tinfoil hats, lace some string on your cork boards, and walk around town wearing a sandwich board and is coming sign. What is your most what is your most, let's say, passionate nerd conspiracy theory? Mm. This could be in-universe comic storyline theories that were never confirmed. Okay. Or some of the back-end business deals we all know to happen. Whatever gets you all riled up that the man is keeping under wraps, we want to hear it. Nerd conspiracy theories. I love it. Let's hear it. And the wackier, the better. Totally down. We'll do it. Probably New Year's Day. I don't think we're going to do it next week, but we'll do it New Year's Day. So you got some time. Call us. Leave us a message if you can't be here live. 402-819-4894. Go to Facebook. Click the Call Now button. Justin Fletcher was on Facebook with the Call Now button and could not figure out that he can just click that to call us. I don't know why. <laughs> God bless him. Um, now, please, guys, uh, we do need new questions of the week. True that. So please, 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 we need your suggestions because I'm not creative enough to come up with something new every week. And honestly, they don't need to big, be big, brainy stuff. Let's have some fun, stupid questions. Let's get in here, you know? Anything yeah. you want. It doesn't have to be crazy, deep, you know? Let's, who would whip, who'd whip who in a fight? Go, let's argue about it, you know? Like, let's hear it. That'd be super fun. 
All right, we'll be back this Wednesday with the Hanukkah Drunk Show, but happy holidays, y'all. It's been a hell of a year. It's been a rough one. I'm glad to see it come to an end. And, uh, you know, we got to hang in there a little longer, wear your masks a little bit longer, wash your hands a little longer. Vaccines are on the way. It's all going to get better, right? 2021, all going to get better from here. The alternative is almost too unbearable to think about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that includes us. Watch them for more exciting changes with our shows. Don't get comfortable. I don't know what he's talking about. But for now, my name's Matt Baum. My name's Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.